and you're listening to the Abide Podcast. To find out more about Abide, go to AbideChurchFL.com and enjoy today's message. Amen. You guys, listen. You guys are about to be blessed. We have a guest speaker today. His name is Brian Britton. We actually met him at Harvest School when we were in Africa. He came and he ministered. So I want you guys, I don't need to give a long intro. I know you're going to be blessed, but I want you to stand and to honor him as he comes forward today. I want you to welcome Brian Britton as he comes. I love you, man. Thank you very much. What a great privilege, guys. And what a, I'm so thankful that I met this beautiful Munoz family in Africa. You guys are the best. And uh, I, now I get to tell people everywhere I go about this burning bush out here in Lithia, Florida. And because uh, I love what God's doing here and I try to keep up with what God's doing here. And you guys should know, you know, that, that people are beginning to see what God's doing out here. And, that's it. it gives other people hope who are believing that something like this can happen in their community. So, come on, guys, good job. That's I just want to say good job. Um, I have uh, some of my friends here. The second row are some of my friends, and uh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. And I just want to like honor y'all, like uh, Isadora and Camilla. They're kind of like Brazilian daughters, and we're so glad that they're here. They're missionaries to America. How many of you know America needs missionaries? Yeah. And, uh, and some of you guys might be too. I don't know. My wife is. My wife's from Moscow, Russia. She's a missionary to me because some of us need a lot. And, yeah. And, but they, they're just incredible and on fire. And love you guys. And Evan's here. He's, he, he's a boyfriend, uh, so, but we're praying for you. And, and, uh, she tells me good things. Yeah, so we're like... Yeah, Jason Marquez was assistant pastor in our church in Virginia for years. We met in Mozambique in 2010, and I love him and his wife Susan and their family. They're just incredible. And Jason, my God, this guy right here with the hat on at the end, what a, just an, an amazing musician, and uh, he, he directed worship in our church in Virginia. But he could play pretty much anything with strings, literally, like 30-some instruments. And when he plays the violin in worship from the first note, you go to a different place. So, but, but, I just, but now he's like God's got him in the season where he's playing in places that aren't Christian places. And, and God's moving through him, and it's really powerful. So we're glad you guys are, are here with us and honor y'all, my friends. Honor, this is a house of honor. I love how y'all do that. And it just you step into it, and you got to do it. So. <laughs> we mentioned a, a moment ago about, about worship and this time of bliss we had. And I believe, I heard Lauren Cunningham, who's the founder of YWAM, say one time that worship is the, is the purpose of the church. And I said, that sounds strange from a missions guy. You would think he would say, like, missions is the purpose of the church or evangelism, right? But he says, no, we do missions and evangelism so they will all worship. So they will all do what we talked about, every tongue confess and every knee bowing that Jesus is Lord. That's the whole purpose of it all. That's why we do it. And, and you, guys really, you guys really got that. And again, like at the beginning, you were talking about this, making this sound, this, this roar that we did. And, and the Lord was just speaking to me about the lion and how the lion roars. And in Africa, you know, when the lion takes the field, you know, he roars into the ground and it rumbles and shakes. And everybody knows that the king has taken the field. And I think that's what you guys are doing when you're making that kind of roar, when you're gathering here and releasing the sound that you guys are releasing here. It's... It's signaling that the king has taken the field here. And I feel that happened all over the United States of America now. And if you're watching, they don't always show it on the news, right? But if you're watching in the right places, you see what God's doing all over America. So really, really exciting. I'm blessed to be here. Uh, you see this thing on my arm? I wasn't at the club last night. I was like, at a volleyball tournament with my daughter, my 16-year-old daughters. We're having a, the AAU Junior National Volleyball Tournament in uh, Orlando. So that's where we're doing here. And uh, I'm glad that it's brought me back here to be with you guys. But my wife and my daughter are there and I just bring greetings from them. Uh, I'm going to pray and we'll just get rolling here. Holy King, thank you for this house of prayer, Lord. This house that, oh, is, that is a house of communion, a burning bush, a burning bush here 
in this area of the nation, Father, that people will see and will be drawn to, and they will hear a voice coming from this place. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Thank you for open hearts here today. Thank you. This is a day of freedom, a day of liberty. And uh, Lord, we just give this whole time to you. Father, it's all about you, Jesus. Thank you for the cross and the resurrection and eternal life in you, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Hey, be praying for me and my family next uh, month. Uh, my wife and daughter are going to Brazil uh, to do some missions there, some women's ministry. And I'm going to Iraq to do some Holy Ghost special ops stuff. <laughs> so we're excited about it. But be praying for us if you're when you think about us after today, hopefully you will be, after you hear this amazing word of God I have. Which, <laughs> Lord, you can give it to me at any moment. I know it's going to be good. Uh, no no. But uh, my name is Brian Britton, and I was blessed to, to pastor local churches in Virginia for over 10 years. That's how I met these guys. And uh, it's a great privilege leading a local church. And, and now we, my wife and I, we oversee a network of ministries called the Harvest Family Network. And I continue to work with Iris Global, founded by Heidi and Roland Baker as part of the pastoral care team there. And just get to travel around the world and preach the gospel for, for 20 years. Before then, I was a college football coach. That's all I ever wanted to do was, was coach football. And, you know, and I, and I got my dream job at the because I, I played Division Three, and I started coaching in Division Three. And so I got, my, I got a Division One AA job, and I was in my 20s. I was so excited. I'm like, man, I'm on the fast track. And then I was just totally miserable, and God was calling me into ministry. Some people are able to, to, to stay in what they're doing, but God was calling me out. And, man, I'm so thankful that he did. You know, it's, uh, it's the best thing I ever did was say yes to him. Yeah. And uh, it's the best thing you could ever do. Yes. And life with, with Jesus is just yes. Yeah. He wants to take the no out of our hearts. Yes. And it's just yes, 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 a thousand times yes every day. So uh, that's kind of what my life has been like, you know, over these years, just saying yes to him every day, trusting him with my family. And uh, I love what you were sharing about giving. Man, I believe that 100%. Uh, I've stayed out of the whole tithing thing for years. I, but of course I believe in it. But it's like a great place to start, you know, it's when you're a New Testament giver. Like, I want to give it all. Give it all. Years ago, I was, uh, no, this was this, Past year, I was down in, in Brazil in December, and I saw, I was in a pastor's office, and there was a painting hanging on his wall, and on the painting was the word, Portuguese word for I, or me, it was the word for I, ill, and it was crucified to the cross, and, and he, this is the, the, couch, the, the couch that he counsels people on is right in front of this painting, so he's like, Pastor, I bring people into my office to counsel people, and I set them on the couch, and I go out and get some water, and by the time I come back, they've been looking at that painting, and a lot of times, you know, I don't even have to say anything to them, because they realize the source of most of our problems is that we're not living like that. Yeah. We're not living like we're co-crucified with Christ and crucified to this world, you know, where the ego is the source of all the bad stuff, because... Yeah. <laughs> We mentioned how we're on this journey in life. We're all born a certain way. And it's sinful. <laughs> From the earliest age, you want to see like selfishness personified? Get in a little room with a bunch of kids in the nursery and they're like, mine, 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 mine. Just ripping stuff from each other. And we grow up with this. You know, we grow up with this and it's all focused on us all the time. We were all born a certain way. I hear people say all the time, I was born this way, I was born that way. We're all born a certain way. But you can be born again. We can all be born again. And we have to be born again. I'm telling you, whew, it doesn't matter how you were born. That's for somebody. It doesn't matter how you were born. I know we were all born messed up. <laughs> no matter how good you might think you were, you know you, have, you, know you got some issues. Like, I can see it. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, no, no. No. But, but we're new creations now. Amen. Come on, none of this is what I'm going to talk about, but it's just stuff that the Lord's telling me to throw on. It's like sprinkles on the cake. Man knows coming. Shabbat. The Lord uh, has been speaking to me about alignment a lot during this time, and I'm going to mention this briefly. Because what aligns us with each other and what aligns us with heaven? 
this has been a time of alignment, I believe, during this whole pandemic stuff. And, you know, we've tried to keep moving with the Lord during this whole time, uh, you know, not stopping as much as possible. And God's been able to do that. But I found that what aligns us is not even so much uh, the doctrines that we believe in. Of course, I'm not talking about the gospel. I mean, we believe the gospel and that's hallelujah. Praise God for that. But I'm talking about the little things that churches disagree with sometimes. You know, what really aligns us is not that we do everything together all the time. A lot of times people think that's what real unity is, is that we're going to do everything together. Even the apostles couldn't do everything together, you know. I, I believe the Lord's been saying to me that the biblical unity is that we're in Christ. That we're in Christ. And he wants us to awaken to that truth. And also the fact that it's the fire that aligns us with him. It's him. The Bible says he poured his love into us in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a fire. God is a consuming fire. His eyes are like a flaming fire. And it's the fire that we need every day that aligns us with him. So every day I like to climb up on the altar and just ask for more of him. The Bible says he rewards those who diligently seek him. And he rewards us. I found he rewards us with more of him. Because that's where... I'm still not getting in the message yet, but I'm going to. Because that's where the blessings are. The spiritual blessings of heaven are in Christ, it says in Ephesians. So, so many people in the world, young and old, are looking for their hope and their peace and their joy and their love. All of it out there. But all of that is in Christ. It's all in here. And this is where we're going to find it. In here. In him. And when you, when you make him the desire of your heart, you get the desire of your heart, and you get all those things, all the things the world's out there killing themselves for. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I know people all walks of life, all the people that we would look at and say that they have everything, the American dream. But if they don't have that stuff in Christ, they don't have anything, they're never happy, they're never satisfied, and we can watch the news and see what happens to them. As it unfolds before us. Woo, come on. But in Christ, yeah. you are blessed. Yeah. And it's the Holy Spirit that aligns us. And today is a day of alignment, freedom, and liberty. Yeah. Like I believe. I believe it with all my heart. If your car is out of alignment, it's harder to keep that thing going straight. But when it's in alignment, sometimes you don't even have to hold on to the wheel. And it goes straight. It's important. Some people are trying to stay aligned from 1995 or before or five years ago or some great conference they were at. But I'm telling you, the, this is a, it's a daily walk in intimacy with him. Day to day, moment by moment, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say what I hear the Father saying. I might all, not always give the address for the Bible stuff, but it's the word of God. <laughs> you know, the original text didn't even have the numbers. I went to seminary. I love, the, I love the chapter and verses. But the word is what you need to know. You need to get it and get it in you so much that it just comes out of you in every conversation that you have with people. Yeah. But I want to talk to you about the great source of all, of everything that Jesus did in Scripture and everything that Jesus does today. Every miracle. And I love that he's the God of miracles. And he And he is. But in all the miracles we read about in, in Scripture and every miracle you hear about that God's doing in the world today, I'm blessed to be a part of Iris Global where we've, the increase of the church, thousands of churches planted among unreached peoples, and it's all come from the, the supernatural that has followed the preaching of the gospel in a 20-year period. But uh, the source of every one of those miracles is, is, is love. It's the love of the Father, all of it. It comes from that one place. And that is the power of God. Twenty years ago, I was preaching in Nigeria in my first meetings. And uh, I was crying out to God for miracles and salvations. And these are great things to be asking God for. We want to see that. I wanted to make him happy. I wanted to make my family proud. I had all these reasons for doing what I was doing, except for that. Except for the love thing. I loved him, but he quickly showed me that I didn't love those people like he did. Everybody Jesus prayed for 
He was invested in them. And I'm going to talk about that as we go along here. And that changes the way we do everything. You know, I, I, you know when you, it's, if you've ever prayed for a family member, you know what I'm talking about. When you're invested in them. Yeah. It changes the heart of everything. Yeah. It changes how you feel. You've got that not inside of you and you've got something rises up inside of you. That mama and papa thing or that, you know, that brother and sister thing that's different. And that's what Jesus had for all of his creation. And I'll get into that in a minute. But we're disciples. This is a house that makes disciples. Levites. Come on, I love that. Whoa. This is who we are. This is who we are. Our first ministry, our primary ministry is to him. Yeah. And you know, in, the, in scripture, the, the priest, like everyone today, there's so many people in the church that are all concerned with ministry to the people. But the priest, the highest honor was in the Holy of Holies, yeah. administering unto him. Zadok, right? Hallelujah. He's got to be the number one. Before we ever go out before any people, we go in before him. Hey, come on, somebody. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But to be a disciple, what does that mean? We're supposed to go and make disciples. We cannot reduce discipleship to just reading the Bible, praying, and going to church. If you're lucky, maybe that's what it's been, because there's, there's a lack of teaching people how to live like Jesus. That's what it is to be a disciple of Jesus, to live like him. And maybe you're thinking, man, how can I live like Jesus? I'm just a regular person. Jesus is the son of God. Jesus is God. How can I live? Holy Spirit. That's how we can live like, that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. But it says in scripture in 1 John 2, chapter 6, that if we say we live in him, we will walk like he walked. And we say we live in him. We say we're his. We say we live in him. He lives in us. And I love that. That's a great mystery of the gospel. That we're seated with him in heavenly places, but we walk with him now as well. We have the Holy Spirit now. Our hope is there in eternity. But we've got a seal now. And the Holy Spirit. It's his great promise to us. And we, it, he's given us, like, I don't know what you think your spiritual gift is. And we have different spiritual gifts, like, I love the spiritual gifts. But your greatest spiritual gift is the Holy Spirit. You know, I've seen that in operation so many times. I remember once I was on an outreach in Michigan, of all places, the largest Arab-speaking population outside of the United States, outside of Detroit, Michigan. Turns out Henry Ford brought a lot of people from the Middle East over to work at Ford back in the day. And there's huge, they kept coming and kept coming. And there's a lot of uh, people of another faith up there from the Middle East. And we were up there and we were doing door-to-door -door evangelism. This was 2004. And I got paired up with a little African-American girl. She was, I say little, she was 12. But I was a pro-evangelist, right? I was 20-some years older, 30-some years old, 32 years old at the time. And I, I look at this little girl and we're going door to door with the Jesus film in Arabic and, you know, some gospel literature. And I said, you just let me do all the talking, kid, and we're, we're going to be okay. Like, you know, it's cocky, young, thought I had all the answers and everything. And uh, so we go out door to door. But she's got the Holy Spirit, this little girl. And we go to one of the first houses we go to, and we ring the doorbell, and I drop everything I'm holding, all the stuff. I'm holding all the stuff. I drop all the stuff, and I go down to start picking up the stuff, and she, the, uh, a woman, Muslim woman, opens the door. You know, she's all covered and everything. And I'm there picking up all the stuff I dropped, and I listen as she shares things with this woman, the gospel in a way. I know I would have never done it. And I just listened as Holy Spirit just took over her conversation so beautifully. And she had everything that she needed. I had the seminary degree. I had the business card. Come on. But she had the Holy Ghost. Woo! Ha -ha. Come on. That's what you need. And I could tell from conversations with her that she had a love for these people. You know? When you love people, they can tell. They can tell. They can... They can people today... Maybe not always in the church, but out there they can spot some slick, fake person really quick. 
really, really quick. <laughs> and when you look into, I want people to say, when I looked into your eyes, man, I saw the Lord. I saw Jesus. When you spoke, you spoke like one that's been with him. You know, I pray crazy prayers. Like when I walk down the street, I want to be dripping with your presence, Lord, that people will be drawn to me everywhere that I go. Like, like Charles Finney and these guys, when they would deal, they would walk into factories in the, in the spirit of glory be so strong upon them. People begin to weep and start saying, what do I got to do to be like you? Man, come on. Shakaraba. I'm going to tell you how to do that. <laughs> That's the good news, man, is that we can live like that. The Bible called Jesus the, the visible image of the invisible God. So when they saw Jesus, it was like looking at the perfect personification of love, the Father. He tried. We can read the Old Testament and see how God tried to reveal himself to, the, to these people. And finally, Lou, he came, right? Because he loved the world so much. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He, he took the initiative. Aren't you glad he took the initiative? You're gonna, to be a disciple, we'll get back to that now. To be a disciple is not just believing in Jesus. Sometimes we fight and claw just to get our friends to believe in Jesus. The devil believes Jesus is the son of God. And he knows theology. And he knows the Bible. But he doesn't follow him. He doesn't submit to his lordship. And you know, he's my best friend. God's my papa. But he is Lord. He is the Lord. And we follow him. And sooner or later to be a disciple, you have to follow him. You got to drop what you're doing and follow him. You know, he might lead you right back to pick up that same net you've been casting for five years. But it doesn't matter. You drop it first and you follow him. And you got to do what he says do. And that's what you need to be doing with your life. Do what he, what he tells you to do. That's what it is to be a disciple. So if we're going to make disciples, we're going to teach people to live like him. I love this show, The Chosen, you know. And what I love the most about it is you see how they just walk with him in, the, in their life. They're just walking around Galilee or whatever. They're walking around with Jesus and they're watching what he does. And they're getting convicted by just watching him. I love that one episode where he's healing everybody that comes to him. And they're squabbling about stupid stuff that doesn't mean anything. You know, the great disciples, mighty men of God, sons of thunder. And, and meanwhile, he comes in and they see him and they're convicted. Just by living, by walking with him. And this is, this is how we disciple people. One disciples another one. And, whoa, shakaraba. What if we get a whole company of people who, who, who are walking like him together? Walking like him together. That's family. See, there's different levels of, of covenant with Jesus. It really is. There's some people that are pleased to walk at a distance. And their lives are getting better. They're following Jesus. There's Jesus. We can see it when they, it was like this in the early days. They come and they listen, but they sit in the back. Because crazy stuff's happening up front. You know, the smoke is kind of scaring them away from the fire a little bit. I don't know what I think about that, but it's okay back here. You know, my life's getting a little bit better. I'm, I'm getting some wise teachings or whatever. Just want to live a, a good life. The purpose of the church is not so we can just live good lives and be successful. You know, that's not what it's about. The church is about him. Yeah. The message is about him. Yeah. Jesus' message in Mark chapter 1, Jesus came preaching repentance, change the way you think, the way you're looking, what you're doing. Look to me, look to my kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's the message of the church. And the minute it becomes about us, the minute the songs all become about us and the, word, and the words preached becomes about us, the glory gets sucked right out of the building. And it becomes our little social club, whatever. <laughs> Holy, I'm only here for one day, so I'm giving you a lot of different stuff. But I'm going to stick to my, my points probably. That we're going to live like him. That's what it is to be a disciple. So let's look at how he lived. And I think the best way we can find out how he lived is to look in Matthew 22 where the lawyer comes to Jesus and asks him about the commandments, the greatest commandments. Because if he is my Lord, then the commandments are not optional. Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, not optional. There you go. <laughs> we don't like that in this generation. We don't like people saying, I must do something. Well, you must 
follow the one you, if you say you're his disciple. You got to follow him. You must, or you're not. And that's just a fact, Jack. <laughs> so in Matthew 22, Jesus gives these commandments, and I'm going to share some things from a little different angle about them, maybe. And then he's going to just pour his fiery love on us this morning. It's going to be beautiful. So be expecting. But he's moving, I believe he's moving even right now, right here today. You know, the healer's here. The great liberator is here, holy king. The greatest commandments, Jesus said all the law and the prophets are in these two things. So he's just saying, get this, guys, okay? These were from the Old Testament. They existed already. He said, I'm going to give you these two things. Just do this. These are the, the two greatest ones. Love God with everything you have is what he's saying. All your heart, all your mind, all your strength. Love him with all that you have. Love him. And I'm going to show you just by loving him, like Jesus loved him, you release him in your life. Just by loving him. Just by focusing on him. We've got him with us. He's in the room. So much of revival and awakening I've seen around the world. I've been blessed to see moves of God in Eastern Europe, South America, in Africa. And I'm telling you, if you can cultivate environments like this where everybody believes he's actually in the room, and respond accordingly, bam. What we call revival happens. It's what happened at Azusa Street. They were walking in believing they were going to encounter him. They started engaging him before Seymour came out of his office, before he took the box off of his head when he stood at the altar. I mean, read some of the stories about Azusa. Before someone started playing the piano, they started engaging with heaven because they knew he was there. They didn't need someone to tell them, Pay someone to tell them to raise their hands. Come on, somebody. Like, yeah, whoo, show. That's that what worship leaders are for. You, you don't have to tell me to lift my hands up. I mean, I love when they do that because sometimes we need some help. But, you know, but, but we're going to worship him because that's who we are. We're worshipers. I was, we were singing this song about what he did today, and I'm sitting there crying like a baby 25 years in. You know, ah, suck it up. Because it's real. It's real. This stuff's all real. You gotta believe it. So love him. When we love him, the natural response in his presence, two most common and the two most persecuted responses are joy and tears. And they are the two most common responses in, when you become aware he's there. You know, there in his presence is fullness of joy. You just can't get around it no matter how much you try to exegete it. That's what it means. It's fullness of joy. It's, it's joy that makes people uncomfortable that never experienced it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and tears, when you, when you get hit with how you are just, what I was thinking when I was listening to the song we were singing is like, my God, I am not like him. And it doesn't matter how much he keeps saying, but you're worthy, but, you're, I can do, but I know, but I'm just not like you. <laughs> tears. Have you lost your tears? Some of y'all lost your tears. Some of you lost your joy. Some of y'all don't got either one. <laughs> and that's the way most people are. They live numb. They're numb. You know, they don't want to rock any boat. You're not living life. You know, years ago, there was this great basketball coach before some of y'all were born down in North Carolina State, Jim Valvano, and he had cancer and he was dying. And he was speaking at this, he was giving this great speech when they were giving him an award for still being alive and being an inspiration. He was an amazing man. And he said, if you're not laughing every day and crying every day, you're not really living. And I found that to be true. You know, when I was a, a football player and coach for 13 years, like, I, uh, I was taught, men don't cry. You know, love is some emotion deep down in here. You know, love is an emotion, it's something you feel. But when I met my wife, my wife was like, no, son. <laughs> I saw that thing yesterday. No, son. <laughs> no. <laughs> love is a verb. Love is an action. Love looks like something, Heidi Baker always says. Love's got skin on it, my wife says. Love is not just a feeling in here. I love you. Well, where's the fruit? Okay, so when you love God, there's going to be fruit. When you love him with everything you have, there's fruit. And some of the first fruit is... 
In the book of Job, it tells us that one of the names of the Holy Spirit is the breath of Almighty God. In another place in Scripture, it tells us that he's enthroned on our praises. He lives in our praises. So when we just love him, praise is a response. That's one of the things that happens. We praise him. You're awesome. You're beautiful. I love you. He lives in it. And our praise shifts things when you're aware of it, when you're aware that he lives in it, that you're not just singing songs, you know. A lot of us are just singing songs, you know. And if that song, the lyrics don't change right, we're all messed up. <laughs> because we're, we're focusing more, you know, I, I love the words. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is he's in the room. And I don't get distracted because someone's waving a flag or someone's doing this over here. Because the king's in the room. And you can't distract me. I'm focused on him. Show. We used to have these, you know, in revival, there's flags everywhere. There's tambourines off beat. There's people, 80 shofars in the room. And you know what? We're worshiping him. And he, nobody cares because we've been praying for him to show up and he's here. Who cares? Show. It's easier to say that when you're just popping in from out of town, you know. <laughs> but we're together. We are together. Holy King. Yeah, but when you love him, just loving him, you're releasing him the atmosphere around you. It's not just for church. In my house, I'm always praying in the Holy Spirit. All the time, just worshiping him all the time because I want that atmosphere around me charged. You know, so much that like when Jesus was walking around, whoa, what, who touched me? You know, the atmosphere around him is just charged all the time because he's just living in that place. Continual worship. That's kingdom living, continual worship, prayer, praise, miracles, freedom, liberty, following you. Thank you, Lord. As we love him, we're releasing him in the atmosphere around us. The Bible says, to him who has, more is given. I used to never really understand that. I'm like, why are you giving more to the one who's already got it? Because especially if you go out on the streets and the communities, the favelas or something, you're like, they need something. How come they don't have something? But the Lord showed me I wasn't really understanding what that was about. What it's about is who you are, and you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. You're filled with love. He poured his love into you in the Holy Spirit, it says. So that's who you are. You're filled with peace, hope, love, joy. That's who you are. And when you're that, when you're full of that, you're sowing that everywhere you go. And you're reaping a harvest of that everywhere you go. But when you're full of the opposite, a bunch of antichrist things, like unforgiveness, fear, stress, anxiety, that are not in him, all that stuff, you're sowing that everywhere you go. And you're bringing harvest to that in your life. To him who has more is given. No matter how much you don't like it, that's what you have and that's what you're giving off everywhere and you're reaping that harvest, but you can stop it. Yeah. By being intentional, in loving him, intentional. If you want to keep any relationship hot, be intentional. So we, we're intentional. We focus on him and we love him. And we're, and we're at gratitude, thankfulness. You know, it, you get filled with that and you get filled with him. That's like the highway that he comes in on. I'll tell you this, man. Everybody you meet in your life is going to have one thing in common. Doesn't matter, like, if I'm in Iraq, Pakistan, or South Chicago, everybody wants to be happy. And gratitude is the key to happiness. It's the key to happiness. And you might think, I don't have anything. You don't know my life's so bad. But how about the cross? Do you believe? If you don't believe that, then we can talk about that. We've got a team here that can help you out. <laughs> and we're like, right? Come on. Yes. But if you believe that, sometimes we just do remember that's why we do communion, because we want to remember. We need to remember all the time. Remember what he's done. Remember the cross. Thank you, Lord. And if you want to fall more in love with him, maybe you feel like you're not burning for him. Prayer is a good place. Because in prayer, you know, the Bible tells us to bring everything to God in prayer. But, you know, he's alive. Jesus is alive. Yeah. And, he, and he's, a, he's a real person. And he wants to speak to us. Do you all know God wants to speak to us? I know that sounds crazy to the world. It sounds like foolishness. But to us, it's such a treasure. Right? And if you listen when you pray, 
because we pray, 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 and often then we're done. That's our allotted prayer time, you know, and then we got to go into our next thing. But if you listen, you know, he will share great and mighty things with you that you don't know. And you'll get his opinion on things, including yourself. And we need his opinion. We need his opinion on stuff. What does God want to do in Lithia? What does he want to do in Tampa? What does God want to do in Florida? What does God want to do with the United States in this generation? What does God want for my family, for my kids that are going crazy? What does God want? Let's get his opinion. What does God think about me? Do you want to go there? You can go there. He's got good stuff to say. The sheep need to know the voice of their shepherd, the Bible says, and they don't listen to another voice. So we need to know his voice. Get in the word of God. Get in the prayer closet. Get in the secret place and listen. In 101, hearing the voice of God, you're my son. Come on, you're my daughter. I love you. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. You can do all things with me. That's what you start hearing all the time. You know, and that's what the word of God shows us as well. But when he starts talking to you, he starts saying these basic gospel truths. And if you can't receive that, then you cut him off. Step one, you're not listening to him because you don't believe the gospel because you don't think you're worthy. You, I'm not good. I'm not this. Come on, you need to believe the word of God. Yeah. Believe the gospel. Repent. Change the way you've been thinking about yourself even because you're a temple of the Holy Spirit. And you'll fall more and more in love with him because you hear him say these things every day, these embarrassing things about you. Like I was just sitting there, Lord, I'm just not like you. And he's like, you're my son. You're made in my image. You're forgiven. Even if we fall in sin, we come a different way before God because of what he's done, the gospel. I don't have to come and beg forgiveness. He forgave me and died for me. Now I come and say, Lord, thank you for the cross. Thank you I'm forgiven. Thank you I'm a son. Thank you that you'll never leave me. It's all different. That's what real repentance, we got to repent enough to think like that. You know, we can repent enough to believe we're going to heaven. Repent enough to believe that, that he's in you, yes. that he's with you. And his glory is bigger than your flesh. It's bigger than your flesh. And if you listen, you're going to love him more. Precious daughter, precious son. He start, just hearing that every day. Oh, my gosh. You're just going to love him. You're going to burn. You're going to burn. But if you don't believe it, which brings me to the second commandment Jesus gave, love one another, love your neighbor, love one another like you love yourself. But if you don't love yourself, it creates huge problems. The key to loving yourself is you need to examine yourself. Just like you examine yourself, Lord, examine me if there's any sin in my life. Lord, examine yourself till you can see Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's very important because then you can find something good in you, right? Because if all you see is what's wrong with you, two big things happen in the enemy's favor. One, you can't see Jesus because you're just looking at you all the time. My problem, all this stuff. Focus more on his greatness than your shortcomings. His awesomeness. Oh, come on. He's so much better. I love who you are in Christ, but I really love who Christ is in you. Like, whoo, man, incomparable. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But if you can see, begin to see him in you. I had a vision in worship several months ago where I saw the face of Jesus. I love it. I have my eyes closed a lot during worship, and, and I see stuff. You know, you got any seers in here? And a lot of times I see like throne room stuff because I'm in worship, right? And I saw his eyes and in his eyes, my reflection turned to a flame of fire. Whoa, come on. And I'm like, whoa, this is his love for me. And the Lord was like, yes, but he showed me it was more. Because he is a consuming fire, it says in Revelation. And it also says, well, I'll get to it in a minute. But what he was saying is when I'm looking at you, I see me. We're made in his image. Because of the blood of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit, when he looks at you, he sees himself. 
That's crazy, right? Talk about falling more in love with him. Just getting wrecked. Every day, fresh revelation of him. That's what I pray for you. Holy, holy, holy. But you know, he's also called the light of the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. And then he said, and you're the light of the world. And the Bible calls him the father of lights. And you know what kind of light they had in the Bible? Not these kind of lights. Fire. You're the fire of the world. I've come to set the world on fire. And I pray that it was already burning, he said. I wish it was already burning. That's why he's come to put the fire in you and awaken it. And I believe this, this hour when he's blowing on the flames, it's like, what do you call it? Fire, fire fluid, fire starter, charcoal fluid, whatever. That's what he's putting on us. He's breathing. He's a flamethrower. And we're the flames. We're fiery arrows he's sending out all over. Thank you, Lord. Love one another. To love one another, you've got to be able to see like him. You know? You've got to see yourself like him. And then you've got to see your neighbor like he sees them. I had this guy in my church for years. His whole ministry was like telling me what was wrong with everybody who came in the church. Like, that's not a gift. Like, everyone can see that. Like, we can see the issues with people, right? We've got discernment too. Yes, we see that. But, but can you see like, like Jesus sees? And here's like how, how Jesus sees people, like the, the woman caught in adultery. There's a big key in this, how Jesus loves people, because love does look like something. Sometimes love looks like healing the sick, because there's a love in me that I'm filled with that compels me, I've got to do something. Yeah. I've got to pray. I've got to put my hands on them. I've got to embrace, I've got to do something. Heal the sick, and they will recover. Uh, sometimes it looks like deliverance. He said these signs would follow us. Sometimes it looks like sitting with a neighbor who's mourning, who's hurting, whose husband just left him, whose child just passed away. And maybe you're like, I don't have any. What can I say to these people? Holy Spirit. You know, there's a the Holy Spirit. It's called the eternal spirit. One of the names of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's in Hebrews. The eternal spirit. He's the eternal spirit. What that means is. You know, not only are we going to live forever with him because of what he did, because of what Jesus did, but there's a spirit in us that's always been in every believer for 2,000 years. Every believer that's been beaten and raped and cheated and murdered and lied against and every bad thing you could think of, he didn't want it to happen, but he was in them and he understands. And if you open your mouth, he will fill it and he will use you to love your friends and family and neighbors, people you think you have nothing in common with. Holy Spirit's got something in common with them. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's not about, you. I hear people say that all the time, what can, I what can I possibly say to this person or that person? Holy Spirit's got something to say. He's got something to say. You gotta know, like, it's bigger than your gifts and talents and who you naturally are. It's not about that, it's about Him. It's about giving yourself yielding to Him, to the leading of the Holy Spirit. I've heard things come out of my mouth. I know it's much too good to have started here. Like, let me tell you. Like, you know. <laughs> Ooh, show. My goodness. Love each other. So let's look at this woman caught in adultery. She's a great example of how Jesus loves somebody. We know the story. These guys brought her to Jesus and tried to use the word of God to trick the word of God. Right? Basically, you're like, Moses, Moses' law, the law tells us that she's guilty, she can be killed. What do you say, teacher? And we know what he, he did, you know, we don't know exactly what he did. There's different people that say different things. But what he said was, whoever's without sin, you cast the first stone. And we know one by one these guys left. But it's important what Jesus said, because there was one person without sin, Jesus, who could have done what the law said to do but his heart's always love his heart's always to cover love covers a multitude of sins always so what jesus said was neither do i condemn you one translation says neither do i condemn you daughter which i think is very important go and sin no more this was not just some woman who was sinful prostitute whatever you might think about this was a daughter 
all, everything was made by him and for him. He was invested. This was, she was his. He'd been waiting for a moment with her to show who he really was. This is who I am. Neither do I condemn you, daughter. I love you. I can imagine what he was saying with his eyes that we don't have record of. Oh, my gosh. Because a lot can be transferred through eyes. Sometimes you don't have to speak sometimes. You just look at someone and say so much. But neither do I condemn you, daughter. Like, oh, man, I love that. Because it's a daughter. This is a daughter. When we're praying for people out there, they're not random people. That you got to get rid of that. We got to see that we are his and he is ours and we are family. They said, Jesus, your mother and brothers and sisters are at the door. He says, these are my mother, brothers and sisters. These. I've got blood family that we are, we're close. We're, we're more family than some of my blood family. Like, I wish that they would be, know what we know. I wish that they could see. But right now they can't yet. But we are family. And Jesus believed that. And he modeled it. I think we can do it. I think we can do it. So I, I'm trying to do it with my spiritual sons and daughters and say, hey, you know, I love you like I love my daughter. I'm going to bless you like I bless my daughter, my real daughter. I'm blessing you the same. Nothing's different. Nothing's different means nothing's different. I know that sounds crazy to the world, but I, why, I think we can do it. Like, why not, man? You know? Be invested. Mother Teresa said, we have war because we've forgotten that we belong to one another. When my brother has success, we have success because he's my family. You know, my brother brings honor to the family. See, in a culture of honor, the individual means a lot because you reflect the, a whole family. So when you have success, it brings honor to us all. Yeah. Like, well, I will rejoice in your success because it brings honor to our family, to his family. We are his family. And then, like the guy beside Jesus on the cross when they were crucifying Jesus, guilty thief, right? Another guilty one here. Have you ever been guilty? I've been guilty. He calls out to Jesus, and the way Jesus responds is very important. And you got to remember, context, Jesus has been waiting for him to call out. And he calls out, have mercy on me. And it's important how Jesus reacts because he does something. He immediately says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Now, I love how Jesus responds to people quickly. He's ready to go. You know, he's ready to go right now. He's not waiting for all the churches in town to get their worship right. Like, he's ready to go. He's there. He's like, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's go. So this guy calls out to him. Jesus could have said, hey, you know what, man? You need to think about what you're asking me. Because this is serious business. And we're going to be here for a while. And I want you to think about it. Because you need to understand. And then get back to me. And we'll see if... You're worthy of what you're asking. He never responded to anyone in scripture ever, 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 ever means never, ever like that. He was always, follow me, come, yes, do this. Sometimes he'll give people something to do to check their heart. And sometimes they do it, sometimes they don't. But he's always, yes, come. Yes, come. That's a son. It's a son. The ones out there, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters. You know, we got to see past the addictions, see past the, the other stuff, the the, the, the the torturing, oppressive spirits of the enemy. See past that. See past chemical imbalances. See past all this stuff and see the truth. Sons, daughters, family. They don't know. They don't know who they are, which is like the last thing I'm going to mention about Jesus on the cross. They're crucifying Jesus. And here's where it gets really wild. They're murdering Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've had bad things happen to you, but you probably haven't been murdered. I mean, more than likely, probability-wise, I'm a logical dude. <laughs> They're murdering Jesus. And he cries out to the Father and says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's some crazy love. Y'all ready to love people like that? Because Jesus messes with us, and in Scripture, he says, you know what? I've got a new commandment for you. Just love one another like I love you. 
because that's what we signed up for, whether you know it or not, whether they told you or not, in the, in the timeshare thing. Like, I got to tell you the truth today. This is what you signed up for. I used to sell timeshares. <laughs> like, this is what you really signed up for, the fine print, is you're going to love them like he loves them. That means the, your ex that drives you crazy or that person on your street that you don't like or whoever it is, like, they're included. They're included. Love one another like I love you. So he says to the father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Because he knew the truth. They didn't know who he was, not really. And they didn't know who they were, not really. They didn't know they were sons. They didn't know they were forgiven. They didn't know they were loved. And he didn't, they, he, they didn't know that he was their savior. They didn't know. So he could say that in truthfully and honestly. And you need to know, I promise you this, the people who hurt you, who hurt me, hurt my mama, they didn't know. They did not know who you were, who they were, who he was. They just didn't. They were blinded by hurt, pain, and sin. And they don't know. They don't know. That's how we can be like him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, the strength of the Holy Spirit, the death of our ego can say, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know. I heard a woman last night, an English missionary on YouTube. I ended up seeing this video, and she had been raped in the Congo when she was young. She was an old woman at this time. And she said the Lord showed her at, right after that period through the witness of another brother, sister of just of how to... Praise God and ask, say, give thanks to God for the experience that was beyond her control that he had entrusted her with. That's crazy. I know it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But she's living for Jesus. Everything became about him. It was all geared towards him. And she, could ask, she knew that those people didn't know. They didn't know who they were. They didn't know who he was. They just had no clue. And she was living her life for Jesus. I know it sounds radical. I know it sounds crazy. I've heard stories like this. This is not the only one I've ever heard of the most crazy, horrible things you can ever imagine. But the world will tell you not to forgive. These people are monsters. But Jesus would never, ever tell you that. There's no way you can show me anything in the Bible that would tell me that Jesus would ever, ever tell you not to forgive anyone for anything. The one who forgave the whole world. Now I'm going to, and I say this in all love, not meaning light, because I've had bad things happen to me and my family. All right? The worst things you can think of. People that I love. People closest to me. But there is anti-Christ behavior, and there is Christ-like behavior. And if we're disciples, we're going to have Christ-like behavior. Yeah. With the help of the Holy Spirit, yeah. we can do it. Yeah. And this is just truth, man. This is just truth. So, like I said, fear... Is something that the perfect love of Jesus can cast out. Fear is opposite of everything in Jesus. Opposite means anti, anti-Christ behavior. Fear is anti, Jesus said, be anxious for nothing. Yeah. You know, it's just in the Bible, guys. <laughs> you know, it just really is there. Ooh, come on. It's counterculture, this thing. Yeah. It's revolutionary. It's incendiary. Yeah. It's fire. Yeah. And if you live like this, People will be like, what must I do to have what you have? How can you have peace in the pandemic? How can you have peace when the economy's in the crapper? How can you have peace? I go to places that are war zones, that are like bad places, and I see peace and love and joy. Even in prisons, people in chains sometimes got more peace than people walking around in our churches do. You know, because they can see the truth. Ha <laughs> Ooh, Jesus is king. Do you know him? Oh, my goodness. Because to know him is to love him. To know him is to love him. Antichrist behavior. So, love is Christ-like. Love, trust, faith. Christ-like things. Forgiveness. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He died for us, forgave the whole world. So, unforgiveness. How can you be a disciple of the one who forgives everyone, even you? And all your junk, even before you ask him, even before you were born, and walk in behavior that's the exact opposite of everything that he is. Yeah. 
well, it's just a moment of clarity. This is an epiphany for you. <laughs> like, we can't, guys. We've all been guilty of it, but he's saying, with me, I'm calling you up. Lift up your eyes. Look at me and you can do it. If we look at him, we can do it. If we're looking at us, we can't do it. If we're looking at our flesh. Our flesh can get hurt. They can peel it off me. But who I really am, who you really are in here, no, they can't get to it. And during this pandemic and everything, they're all scared and afraid out there, but for you and for me, our hope, peace, and joy, the source of it has not changed. Not one bit. My source of peace and hope and joy has not changed. It's built on Jesus, man. That's why, like, you know, a 1,000 can fall over here and 10,000 over here, but for me, no. There's a storm raging all around me, but I'm on this rock. You know, and this is the truth. Come on, somebody. So we want to have Christ-like behavior. I know it sounds really simple, right? But it's, we get so trapped, we get off course. That's why I believe I climb up on that altar every day. That's why. Because if, if you take too many days without feeding, sooner or later you get numb and you forget you, what it's like to be hungry. And you, this happens in the natural. We see it in Africa and other places where people are just sitting there and they don't feel their hunger pains anymore and they're starting to die. They're numb. The hunger pains have gone away. You'll see that if you're fasting for a long period of time. After a while, it's not as bad as it was the first couple of days. But after a while, even longer than that, sooner or later, you get to a point where you do start to go numb and then you start to die. Your body starts to fail. And it's the same in the spirit. If you're not feeding, and the more you feed in the spirit, the more you want. Yeah. It's different than even in the world where, like, if we go out and we eat some, a meal together, like, I'll, I'll be full and I don't want to eat anymore. But in the kingdom, you want more. Yeah. And that's who you can tell people who are eating and drinking because they're the hungriest people. They're hungry, hungry, insatiable hungry. They're the first ones on the field, the last ones to leave. You know, but people aren't feeding. No, you know, it's not. They don't know what it's like to be hungry because they haven't been hungry in a while. I know hungry people. I've seen hungry people. I've seen brother fight against brother for chicken and bread. So I know what hungry people look like. And I've seen hungry people in the church, people crawling over each other on the altar in America, like not just on the mission field somewhere. Come on, I've seen hungry people. Ooh, come on. The hungry always get fed. Hungry always get fed. You know, that's why these ones up here, man, they're getting fed. You know, that's why they're up here all the time. People are like, oh, Jesus can meet me on my couch. Like, yeah, you know what? But Jesus takes the initiative in everything. I hear Christians say things like, they can call me first. They never... Jesus, I'm glad he didn't wait for you to call him first. I'm glad that he came to the cross. And then he came to earth and died on the cross, brother. He takes initiative in relationships. Take initiative. I tell our people, even the Harvest family all the time, I'm like, take initiative, man. Like, say what you want to say. Take the first step. Move. You do it. Like, the door's open. It's like that with us and Jesus. Even right now, the Father, the door's open. You can come on in because of what he did. You can come boldly before the throne of grace. Take initiative in these relationships with him with Father, with Holy Spirit. One time I did this internship with a man, a real apostolic man, great guy. But I did it for, I guess it was about two years. But when it was over, the one thing I regretted was I didn't take advantage of it enough. I didn't ask him enough questions. I didn't spend enough time with him. I wish I did. You know, take initiative. Whoa. With your friends, with your family. Some of y'all got to call some people. You know? You got to call your mom. got to call your dad. got to call your cousin, like whoever, your friend from high school, but I don't know. Whew, but when you do, man, you'd be surprised at how God uses it for his glory. Take the initiative. Say, be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. That's what it is to be a disciple. And to be like Jesus, we've got to be filled with his love, man. It's the only way you can do it. We don't treat people based on how they treat us. We treat people based on who we are. Jesus didn't treat those Romans like how they treated him. He treated them because how, out of the fact that he was love. This is who I am. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with what you do. That's how Dr. King could walk like he walked. It's how Jesus walked like he walked. It's how Heidi walks like she walks. It's how Billy Graham like walk. How, we walk because this is who we are. We are love. Amen? So what we want to do is every day... Get filled with that love, that fire, 
so we can walk like that in our communities. And you need to know that's who you are. Because what you know begins to manifest in your life, man, when it comes to the things of God. Holy, holy, holy. Shabbat. When you know you carry the spirit of glory, spirit of truth, the free spirit, the Bible calls them, spirit of might, the eternal spirit, spirit of revelation, spirit of wisdom. You carry the spirit. Spirit of understanding, spirit of knowledge. He's given many names in scripture to help her. Holy, holy, holy king. But he is love. And this whole church is an altar. You know, I want to ask you guys to stand up with me. It's okay if we have people come up. Yeah. I want to ask you guys, like, if you want to come forward, if you want to receive a fresh baptism, a fresh filling of his holy fire, of his fiery love. But I will tell you this. Yeah, come on, let the hungry ones come. The hungry will be fed. More of his fiery love. More, more, more. Who wants more? There's always more. Doesn't matter how long you've been walking with him. Oh, what I've always loved about Heidi Baker, she's always the first one on the floor, the lowest point where the river goes. She's usually the last person to leave. we got to drag her out. Who's hungry? Who's hungry? Let the hungry come. Let the thirsty come. Lord, I thank you for these ones right here. I bless them in the name of Jesus. What I've seen you do with the hungry and thirsty around the world. I bless them in Jesus' name. Something unprecedented in their life. Right now, this whole room is an altar, guys. The whole room is an altar. There's no escaping the fiery love of Jesus today. <laughs> and I want to pray a prayer. And then after I pray, we're going to worship together and he's going to come. Waves. Waves of fiery love. Waves of himself. He rewards those who diligently seek him. Come on, I thank you for these that have come up, these ones who are diligently seeking you. They don't care what they look like. They don't care what anyone might say. They just got to have more of you, Jesus. More of you. Thank you for the fire you're starting here, God, in Lithia, Florida. Hey, a burning, a place of fiery love. Whoa, will be known for those who live like you, walk like you, talk like you. And from today, that's you. That's you. That's who you are. And you're going to talk more like him. When you speak, people are going to say, who is this that speaks with such authority? Who is it? Who is it? Who is it that when they embrace me, it feels like the Father himself is embracing me? Who is this? When I look in their eyes, I feel his love. I can see him. Who is this? That when they lay hands on me, miracles happen in our neighborhood, in our communities. Who is this? Lord, I bless them. I bless them with all I have in the Holy Spirit. Just like I bless my own son and daughter and brother and sister, and mother and father and grandma and grandpa. I bless you. I bless you to walk like him and talk like him. Whoa. To be consumed by his fire. To be compelled by this love. To be the answer for America and for Florida and this city. The fire. Whoa, the, a burning church is the answer. A burning church is the answer for America. A burning church is the answer for Florida. So Lord, we thank you for a fresh fire. And all eyes are on you right now in this moment, Jesus. All eyes are on you. More, more, more. More love, more love, more love, more love, more love. <laughs> more love, more love, fresh fire, fresh fire of your Holy Spirit, more love, more love, an insatiable hunger for the things of God, for the Word of God. Holy, 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 holy King. The healer's here, the healer's here. 
There's healing in the fire. Hey, there's peace in the fire. There's breakthrough in the fire. It's deliverance from addiction, from depression, from thoughts of suicide. It's freedom. It's freedom for your family. Freedom for your community. People see you, they see me, says the Lord. Holy, 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 holy. 